0: We're going to continue in our parable series. So, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13 this morning. Matthew 13. And if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. It'll be up on the screen. But we are um, doing this series called The Parables of Jesus. And so, we've been looking at these different stories that Jesus told. Um, He used the parables to make a point. So, the stories he told weren't true. Um, But he used these examples to help people understand really big concepts. Um, The first week as we kicked off the series, I mentioned we talked about the parable of the mustard seed and how small it was. And so where the parable of the mustard seed was about the growth of God's kingdom, because that was the big picture idea he wanted us to get, was the kingdom of God. Um, Where the mustard seed was like the growth of the kingdom. Today we're going to look... At this parable that talks about the value of the kingdom. The value of the kingdom. And so Matthew chapter 13 is where we're going to be this morning in verse 44. And this is what it says. And this is this. Today we're talking about what we treasure. Matthew writes. He's quoting Jesus. Jesus saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field in his excitement, he hit it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. All right, I'm just going to stop there. This is actually in a in a in a section of of a couple of parables that are used that Jesus uses to make a point. We need a little bit of context to understand this portion of the parable, just to really appreciate it a lot. In Jesus's day, first of all, I didn't know this until I was really working on this. If someone, I mean, I did know this part. If someone wanted to keep their money safe, they didn't have uh, Bank of America, all right? They couldn't drive down to Synovus and put their money. If people wanted to keep their money and keep it safe, they would bury it. It's what they did. It's it's, it's how they kept their money. Valuables, things of, of, of value to them, if they wanted it to be safe, they would bury it. They would remember where they buried it. And then when they needed access to it, they would go and get it. You're going to see in the parable that uh, Josh uh, talks about next week, in the parable of the talents, how we see someone go and, and bury their treasure. So, this was a common thing. The other deal is, in looking at, at this parable, we still have, we've, you put that verse back up there so we'll see it. To find treasure in the ground would not have been a surprising um, bit of information in, in the time of Jesus. It wasn't like, imagine, if you will, someone finding treasure in the ground. It wouldn't have been like, okay, well, that doesn't really happen, but we'll go ahead and imagine. No, the listeners to Jesus speaking, they didn't have to imagine this because this was common. People buried their treasure in the ground. Now, furthermore, when you look at this, um, go on to the next part of the verse, um, if you will. So, when the guy finds the treasure in the ground you might think, well, that, that's kind of a punk move for him to not like point out, hey, I found somebody's treasure because it wasn't his, obviously. And we know it wasn't his field because he goes to, to buy the field later on. Um, what we know though, in Jewish law, this is, really, this is the part I didn't know before. Basically, whatever you found outside of a person's home um, was finder's keeper's. The, the law indicated, like, if you found a treasure and there was no one there to claim it, then it was your treasure. You could keep the treasure. And so, or you could have that treasure. Now, so in the parable, however, and that's the interesting part, we don't ever find out in the parable what the treasure is. We just know it was something very valuable. That's not the point of the story that Jesus is telling. What we find out, though, is, is this point, the, the point that Jesus really wants to make Is that whatever the treasure is it is worth a lot whatever the treasure is it's worth everything to the man in the story that Jesus tells so what we know this is that what is worth so much that the man will go and sell everything he has and to buy the field so he can now own it and then own what's in the field it's the kingdom of God This is what Jesus wants them to understand. So he's telling them this story so they will understand the value, the importance of the kingdom of God. How often do you think about the importance of the kingdom of God in your life? How much much do we actually think about this? This is why Jesus told the story then. This is why we read the story today. What is the value of the kingdom of God? I mean, because that's a really christian phrase to say, kingdom of God. But what does it mean? What is the value of it? This is, what we, this is what I see in this, is that Jesus is telling us, is that the kingdom of God, first and foremost, is valuable. It is so valuable. But the other thing we see in the story is that the kingdom of God is accessible, It's available. It's not out of reach for us. It's not like, oh, that's only for the most holy people or the very best people. It is accessible. He's saying it is possible to be found. It is possible to obtain this. Now, the story of the the treasure, it's just there. I mean, as he tells the story, he's like, there's a treasure. It's in the field. Uh, There's seven parables in Matthew chapter uh, 13. Seven in just the chapter of 13 of Matthew. Four of them use a field as an example. Four of them use a field as its location. Jesus wants to communicate something about the kingdom using fields, or he wouldn't keep using this as an example. What is it? Well, just before Jesus tells these parables... He, every time, has miraculously healed people, all right? So he's done a a miraculous thing, an extraordinary thing. And that's, so that's not, that's like, whoa. And then he turns around and tells a story about a, a field four out of the seven times. This is what I think about this. And some of you heard me say this statement before, but I see it come alive here again in this parable, is that the extraordinary work of God is found in the ordinary, Yes, he just performed a miracle, praise God, but he can also tell you a story about a field to teach the value of the kingdom of God, and it is just as important. So there's the extraordinary that he does, and then there's the ordinary. I mean, how many of of you drove by fields today to get here? They're ordinary, they're around we pass by them all the time, but how much do we actually stop and go, wow. I mean, not that that's what he's telling us to do, is you need to think more about fields. No, in the parable, he wants us to think about the kingdom of God. He's using the ordinary of the field for us to consider the extraordinary of the kingdom of God. Now, if you're a commentator reader, or if you have a Bible that gives you notes, a lot of commentators, and I agree partially that this is all about the cost of discipleship. That this parable is about what it would cost you to follow after Jesus. And, and there's definitely a portion of that. Because Jesus is, after all, talking to his disciples when he tells this story. We know from verse 36 that they have left the crowds and now they're in a house and he's talking to his disciples. So no doubt there's, this, there's, there's a lot to be said about following Jesus with this parable. But I don't, I don't see that as the primary teaching point that he's trying to make. His primary focus is on the kingdom of God, which includes discipleship. The kingdom of God includes discipleship. But think of it like this. Something must occur before we give our life to Christ. Something happens. Something goes on. The aha moment, the information, the something, whether it was years and years and decades and decades of you just hearing the truth and then suddenly going, yes, I'm following Jesus. Or that for some people, people like me who had the very drastic, like, you know, one day you were not a follower of Jesus and the next day you were. But something happens before we say, I'm following Jesus. Something happens before we give our life to Christ. Um, what I would say using this parable is we have to see that there's treasure in the field before we go, okay, I'm going to give up everything I have, sell everything I have to have this treasure. To us to recognize that the kingdom of God is valuable and it's important and we are actually called to live in (laughs) to it. So what we find is that the treasure that is the kingdom is is what Jesus is telling us about here, what it's like for us to find treasure the treasure. Finding comes before following. Finding comes before following is what Jesus wants us to know. When we find a treasure like God's kingdom, when we realize it, when we see it, it's so valuable that the cost to follow actually becomes insignificant. Because the story Jesus tells isn't, and the man went and very sadly and with much great emotion And with wringing of his hands and a lot of heartache, he sold everything he had to follow or to buy the field. That's that's not what we read. The story that Jesus tells us, he immediately goes and sells what he has so he can buy that field because it's valuable to him. The kingdom is worth losing everything to gain it all. The kingdom is worth losing everything to gain it all. That may sound the same but porch community in a world that's at war with god that's the world we live in coming under his rule it's not like okay i'm going to pay my dues to the country club for this month that's not that's not being part of the kingdom of god it's it's more like being willing to give it all it might feel like suffering. It might feel like sacrifice. It might feel like those things. But it's worth losing everything to gain it. If we're, I don't know if, if this is gonna come out right because in my mind it makes sense, but when we talk about being willing to give something up, to, in my mind there's still like an aspect of control. Like I'm controlling what I'm willing to give up. But when you talk about losing everything, it's like it's a little bit out of your hands. And I almost think as we look at this parable, the story that Jesus tells is that we should be people who are willing to lose it all for the kingdom. There are people who are willing to lose it all, lose whatever we say we have, so that we, because we see the value of the kingdom and we want that in our lives. We want to be a part of that in our lives. Paul puts it this way in Philippians chapter three. He describes, in, in verses 7 and 8, he describes this whole, before verses 7 and 8, um, the supposed value, if you will, of all that he had accomplished as a religious person. Um, like, the value of it all. His, his status, and, and his knowledge, and, and his ability, and his notoriety, and, and, and uh, respectability. I mean, all these things he puts up there as this valuable Aspect of who he is. And then he says this in verse 7 of Philippians 3. He says, I once thought these things were valuable. I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. I know some versions say rubbish. I love that. Verse 8, he said, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my lord for his sake i have discarded everything else counting it all as garbage so that i could gain christ hmm. see he his his definition of value changed When Jesus teaches us about the kingdom of God, what he desires for those who decide to follow after him is that what we decide is value, what we think we know is valuable, that that definition will change. It will shift. It will become God's definition of value versus ours. There's so many things I think are so valuable. But when you really get down to it, they're not. There are so many things that I think Have such a great value to them and really they're worthless and they're little things they're piddly things and yet they're worthless as Paul writes this and he says I've discarded everything he discarded I mean when you think about this Paul said my reputation I don't care anymore I don't care what about what about what are all the what are all the religious leaders? What are they going to say? Paul didn't care. But what about his 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 lineage? What about what about his his accolades? What about like he was so revered among the religious people and known and spoken so highly of among so many? And he, then he met Jesus and he understood the value of the kingdom of God that Jesus wanted him to live in. And suddenly he's like, I don't care. He discarded it all. And the words that you read there in Philippians are not the words of someone who feels like he lost anything. (laughs) He's not talking like a loser. He's talking like someone who just really, really gained something valuable. He found something worth whatever suffering might come his way. See, the parable of, of this treasure, it's not about losing you know, because he goes and sells everything so he can gain the field. The, the, the parable is about gaining. So what do we have to gain in this? What, what is it that Jesus speaks to us that we are to gain from this? Because, you know, when God created the world, you know, he didn't just blast it from his fingertip and then step back and be a, a remote, unconcerned, unconnected God. That's not what happened. We are his creation living inside his creation, we're in the kingdom of God. But being just, you know, existing on the planet that He created is no guarantee that we're like fully living into this kingdom. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they stepped outside of God's will and then everything just started to get really messed up. And suddenly their, their understanding of who God is and their relationship with him, it was clouded, it was dull. They entered into death and the life that that, you know, that ultimately leads to. Like There was that separation. And so this is why, hang with me, this is why Jesus begins speaking in parables. Because we are, we are disconnected enough from God that we need stories to really understand what his kingdom is all about. We need some stories to help us get it. So Jesus told stories. And so he says over and over again, repeatedly, if you have ears, listen. If you have ears, listen to what I'm saying. I'm teaching you great truths. I'm telling you about something very valuable. Listen. So what, is, what do we learn from this parable? What do we learn about the kingdom of God? I'll tell you this. The kingdom of God, is, is, it's less about location And it is more about rule. Rule. Who rules your life? Who rules your life? Who reigns over your life? Whoever that is, that's whose kingdom you live in. That's whose kingdom you live in. The kingdom of God is a kingdom that costs everything and at the same time, nothing. (laughs) Think about that for a minute. It costs everything and nothing. It costs us everything because we're changed, that we're altered from the inside out because of Jesus Christ. It costs us nothing because the price has already been paid by Jesus Christ. Everything and nothing. The kingdom of God costs everything because when we find it, And we see for it for what it is. It's not just another random field, but it's the field that has that treasure that is of the greatest value. When we see that, we can't stay. We can't stay how we were. We're like, "I, I, I want to live in that. I want to have that. I want that in my life. I want to be a part of that. Our life has changed. The things we love are altered. Our purpose is different when we say that is the kingdom of God and I want to be in it. And the kingdom of God costs us nothing because Jesus paid that price to give it to us. In, in, for, in, in John 1.12, he tells us that he gave us the right to be called the children of God. Woo, Thank you. In, in, in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, we know that because of him, Jesus, it is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Wow. Gaining the kingdom doesn't cost us anything. Receiving the kingdom costs us everything. And friends, that's a very best trade-off. Everything we've ever longed for is inside of God's kingdom. Everything. Missionary Jim Elliott uh, once wrote, and I'm paraphrasing because I want you to hear it in, in, for you. You are no fool if you give what you cannot keep to gain what you cannot lose. The value of the kingdom. Porch community, the kingdom of God is worth losing everything to gain it. And the real question for us, I think, to ponder is who's ruling in our life? Who reigns in our life? And once we can pinpoint that and name that and understand that, it's like we find the treasure in the field. And the work of God is that he says, okay, here it is, do you want this? And then it's, a, it's on us, whether we choose to live into that, to give what we have, to live into and obtain the kingdom of God. It's a big, big, big picture thing, which is why Jesus told story after story after story about how huge the kingdom of God is. But friends, he wants us to live into it. I saw the kingdom of God this week alive here in our church. I saw the kingdom of God this week as, as students looked eye to eye with other children and, and shared the compassion of Jesus Christ with them. I think about this coming week as our high school students are gonna do the same thing and gonna go out into our community And I pray that for our students that have just served and, and those that are going to serve, and for, for those who have helped, and, 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 and not, let's just, just in everyday life, that we are people who say, I'm living in the kingdom of God. I'm walking in the kingdom of God. I know the value of this, I know who bought it for me, and I will give it all. as as a child of God, as a co-heir with Christ, to live into this. Because there is purpose for me. It's not just we get to call ourselves heirs and put on a crown and say, hey, I'm royalty, here I am. But no, we are called to live into this kingdom because the kingdom is ever growing. Man, it's such a big concept thing, I know. Who rules your life, porch community? Think about that. Chew on that. Consider that. Pray about that, read scripture about that. Let's pray. Father, thank you that Jesus came to make big concepts simple, attainable, understandable. And Lord, I just pray that we will, we'll just lean into this a little bit more. We will realize what we have considered to be valuable. There are so many things we considered valuable that are not. Lord God would we would you call those things to mind those things that we have placed such an incredible value upon that when we get down to it it's not at all Father would you speak to us minister to us and show us the way Thank you for paying the price And it's in the name of Jesus we pray all these things. Amen.